We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. to another episode of what the world needs more of my name is jerick robbins i am your host for this journey today we are joined by someone i've known for quite a while his name is rock thomas rock how long have we crossed would, paths i'm gonna say 15 years approximately i mean we just kind of have been in and out of the same environments but you know the whole personal development field so i'd say about that yeah i was gonna say it's been a long time <laughs> I was trying to remember the very first time and first place we ever crossed paths. Um, I don't remember either. I remember either, but I know I've seen, you know, we are online and we, we cross paths there for sure. Yeah. Well, long time friend, <laughs> if yes. I may. Uh, we're going to dive into the question of the show. And the question of the show is, what do you believe the world needs more of? Wow. It's, a, it's such a great question, actually. And I'm going to go with self-love in the form of transparency and authenticity. I think in the world of social media, we've learned to, you know, Photoshop our pictures, put pictures of us in our best light. And it's actually creating what I think is separation. And for me, separation is the ultimate pain. Mm. If you look at how we punish people in, in prisons as we put them into solitary confinement, you don't deserve to be around anybody. And it's the ultimate punishment. The child in school is to, told to stand in the corner or go in the principal's office. We create pain with separation. And I think we are all creating our own pain by trying to be significant with our success and with our tattoos and with this and that. So I think if you are happiest, at least for myself when I'm happiest, is I get to be me and I'm around friends that accept me. Just the goofy little rock that I am is when I'm happiest. And so I think that if we can create that for other people where you get to permission to be you without judgment or shaming. And I honor that little kid in you. I really think that we'd be in a better place. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I, I really do agree. It's such an interesting time in history um, that, you know, it used to be just the magazines would Photoshop and airbrush people and tell us how amazing their life was from the outside. Uh, but now the, the platform has changed where everyone's constantly doing it, which is really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think finding that little, that space, and it doesn't have to be little, but finding that space where you can really just be yourself. Um, and, and it's figuring out, I think what you're going with, figuring out those things that just make you glow from the inside out. And it's like the moments, the people, the places. And I, and I work a lot with people in trying to do that. So we have these profile of assessments, the DISC model we're all familiar with. But there's many other ones. One that I use is called the Sacred Gifts. And it's a way of establishing what were your God-given um, 
preferences or what lights you up and what lights other people up. So one of mine is wise counsel, knowledge, uh, service. I could be in a seminar room and see somebody come in late and there's no chairs left. And from the, from the stage, I'll say, come on in, come on in. Hey, somebody grab him a chair. I have the natural tendency to do that, but I don't have organization and I don't have administration. So I surround myself with people that provide me with, they take care of the paperwork and they organize things like that. And they get to shine in their gift and I get to not have to do stuff that drives me crazy. And I think that if people would learn that, what, where you should shine, we don't have to go through what a lot of people did was, oh, you're stupid at math, you need to take tutoring, you need to work harder at the thing that you're not good at and ignore the artist in that individual, if, if you know what I mean. Mm, I love that. Speaking of our brightest parts, what would you consider to be your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you and what are some of the moments that helped shape it over the years? My bald head is one of them, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I lost all my hair actually in, at the age of 40 in a disease called alopecia. It's an autoimmune, an autoimmune disease. And one of the things that I would say makes me at least um, able to create a lot, I've been fortunate enough, I have 36 different businesses, I have financial freedom, I've been able to impact a lot of people, not because I'm so great, I have dys I'm dyslexic, uh, I'm not really good at spelling, I can't tell you if I becomes before E or after C and all that sort of thing, but I have learned to be really, really good at, at getting the lesson from something really quickly. So when I got alopecia, I asked myself, what's great about this? And initially my brain said no, and then after that I said, well, what could be great about this? And I came up with, well, I never have a bad hair day again in my life, that's cool. And I don't have to spend money on shampoo and haircuts, so now I get a massage once a month, and when I walk out of there, I go, yes, alopecia, awesome. <laughs> That's a fair trade. You're right. So I think my ability to very quickly appreciate the lesson that life is delivering to me, to be an acceptance, allows me to be cheerful and joyful way beyond most people, and then to be empowered versus disappointed and discouraged. So I'd say that's kind of like my superpower. Mm, it is powerful. I love that one. Here's a question. What's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble over the years? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I, I run a lot of businesses, and I've learned that in running of the businesses, I've made a lot of mistakes. I had one where I loaned a girl $4 million, and she defaulted on the, on the loan to $1.8 million, and I kind of had to you know, chalk that up to a humbling moment of not doing my due diligence. Initially, I played the victim and I got angry and wanted to blame her, but the reality was I didn't do my due diligence in where she got the initial down payment for the business. She borrowed it from a loan shark. She took all the money when she got it. She drove, flew around first class. She spent the money and ultimately it was on me that I wanted her to have the business. I wanted her to win and succeed because I wanted to buy her admiration and love. And the reality was it doesn't work that way. So, wow, humbling, $1.8 million lesson, yes. Mm. Those are never fun, but they definitely are humbling in those moments. What yeah. about an awe-inspiring moment, a moment that just left your jaw on the ground over the years? Um. You know, I, I'll, t I'll tell you a, a personal one is, you know, when, 
my kids, I have three kids, and when they got to be teenagers, they're like, Dad, we can't buy you another tie and another sock, pair of socks. You have everything you want. We don't know what to get you. And I said, you know, rip a page out of grandma's book. Be creative because my, my mom always wants us to be creative and make your own birthday cards and stuff like that. So my kids got together and they made a wrap. And they did a wrap in the form of all the things that I taught them. And from the speed typing to the speed reading to getting to read a book and stand up and do a review. And they wove it into a wrap. And to me, that was all inspiring from the perspective of you don't need money to bring joy to other people's lives. And in fact, when you access creativity, you can touch people at a much higher level. And then to have woven in there all the lessons that I had forgotten that they had learned that I had taught over the years just made me cry. And, um, and I just thought, what are we missing by just staying in the, in the main thoroughfare of commerciality versus what, what third world countries do naturally, which is to be creative and innovative. You can bring your iPhone. I got my iPhone. I was down in uh, third world country and it got wet. I brought it to a little shack that said iPhone repairs. And within 15 minutes, this guy had it taken apart and repaired and had the parts. It was not like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. It's good. We're going to have to send it out by FedEx and it'll be back in two weeks. 15 minutes, done. Because they're constantly in creativity. So for me, that was, that was an awe-inspiring moment. Mm. It is true. I, I, when I was living over in Uganda, it was always funny. They could do anything. <laughs> if, if you Amazing. Have, it's amazing. It's, it's it's the ultimate level of resourcefulness and creativity. I, I think one of my favorite examples too. I forget which country it was from, but it was a, it was a kid who a young young man who learned about the radio and and two way radios and how to communicate. And he literally went through the junkyard and picked up all these random trinkets of just trash that people threw away. And he literally built his own little two way broadcasting radio and created a local radio station in a very, very poor part of town. All literally from trash in the, in the junkyard. So how do people do that without an education? That's the part that fascinates me. Isn't that amazing? What happened yeah. was a team at MIT heard about it and flew him up and they made a YouTube video out of it somewhere online. And, and I watched it, it was beautiful. And they flew him up and they said, if this kid can make all that out of the junkyard, I wonder what he can do if we give him a whole lab with access to all the stuff we have. <laughs> and they brought him in. And, and the most beautiful thing is watching how lit up this young man's face is when he's like, whoa, look at all the pieces. And, oh, man, he goes to town. He can, you know, he's pulling things out of every bin and every basket and putting it all together and, and, and just 10x and everything that he, he originally had put together from the junkyard. He's so thrilled. Um, but it's that Amazing. concept of, like you said, someone who – naturally is drawn towards the ability to see something that doesn't exist, the creativity to figure out how to put it together and the resourcefulness to take whatever is available and do something special with it. it it's yeah. very special. And the, and the byproduct is it helps your self-esteem because then you're like, you know what? I always figure out a way. So I don't need to have, you know, all the tools that MIT provides me with. I will find a way to create what I need to create. And therefore, you have this sense of peace and confidence. At least that's what I found. That's right. It's beautiful. Here's one that's a little twist. What's your greatest fear? 
You know, I don't know if this is common, but my greatest fear is to not live fully. Hmm. And it, you know, I could be lying in bed and the alarm goes off and I'm like, you know, I could, I could roll over and, and be in comfort or I can get up and I can grab life big. And that's, that's been an overarching theme in my life is it's driven me to be curious. It's driven me to, to raise my hand and ask a silly question when I'm afraid of embarrassing myself. It's caused me to travel around the world. It's caused me to talk to strangers. Um, and ultimately it's allowed me to live what I think is a very, very full life. And I've used it as leverage on myself to like Mel, Mel, um, Robin says, you know, five, four, three, two, one, go. I think hesitancy is a kiss of death for most people. The coward dies a thousand deaths. And I have this imaginary wall in, uh, on my, in my mind with a thousand post-it notes on it with all my fears. And my goal is to rip one off whenever I can. I fear it, do what you fear and it will disappear. So that's kind of being my, my, you know, secret weapon is how do you take action? You take action by, as soon as you fear it, as long as it's not going to hurt you or hurt anybody else, not immoral or illegal, go. Hmm. I love that. I love that. I'm a huge, huge fan. I think, what was the movie? Tw all it takes is 20 seconds of insane courage and you can change your entire life. Wow, I didn't see that one. Is that, what's the name of it? Um, I think it's We Bought a Zoo. It's a scene where this, you know, it's this people who bought a zoo and there's a little boy and he's sitting in the corner and he really wants to talk to this girl and he just can't get up the nerve. And I forget who the main character is, but he sits him down, he looks at him and he goes, buddy, all it takes is 20 seconds of insane courage and you can change your whole life. He's like, you, Dude, just, I, you just got to be strong for 20 seconds. Yeah. Everyone else will handle itself. I love it. I love it. I have this, this, this story where I walk up to this, I see this pretty girl when I'm like 17 or 18 and I'm walking by this tennis court and I see her and my brain goes, um, God, she, I'd love to date that girl, you know, uh, but, but oh, she'll probably reject me. She'll think I'm, I'm a nerd and I'm ugly and I got acne and a pizza face and all the negative dialogue I had from my upbringing. And then something I was able to focus, do what you fear and it'll disappear. I started walking towards her. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. And I had that 20 seconds of courage and I'm walking and you could all, probably if you saw me walking, you would see me take a step and then hesitate and take a step and hesitate because it was that inner dialogue of, you know, she thinks you're going to be a, a, an idiot. She's going to reject you in front of those people beside her. Oh, yeah, but what if she says yes? And then I got close to her and I didn't know what I was going to say. But like you said, it'll take care of itself. Literally, no, 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 no lie, Jarek. I went Bond, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> And she looked at me and she cracked up and we both cracked up. And then I can't even remember the conversation, but we did end up dating. And she told me later, she goes, you know what? It was the absolute stupidest thing you could have said. But she goes, I saw that you had courage. Mm. And I was attracted to that because if you're willing to do that, it meant that you had something inside of you that was alive. And that, that just turned me on. Mm. That's beautiful. I think what's interesting for a side note, for some reason we get lots of young guys. I had someone this morning from India asking me, he's, he was talking about a relationship and wanting to have one. And I, I think what's interesting in those moments um, to piece together something you said earlier, which is that self-love and understanding. Mm -hmm. So often it's the part of ourselves that we're working on healing 
or, or building with confidence or sh- and strengthening. And we don't realize that the person we're walking up to is going through the same exact experience in that moment. Yeah. Like you don't realize that young girl is looking at you going, oh my God, he's coming over here. Oh shit, what do I say? <laughs> I wonder if he thinks I'm a pizza face. Oh no. Ah, don't be stupid. It's don't true. be stupid. Don't be stupid. And then you're like, Bond, James Bond. And, and all of a sudden she laughs and forgets and the all the shit she was saying and goes, hi. <laughs> It's so true. I never thought of it from that perspective, Jarek. That's so true. It's so interesting. But for for people who are working on their approach, who might be tuning in, remember that oftentimes as you're you're walking towards someone in business and life and relationships, they're often going through the same thing you are in your head. And and one thing that's interesting is when you reframe that in your own mind and say, wow, you know, I'm going to go do something to make them feel better in this moment because I know they probably feel a little anxious. All of a sudden, when you get out of yourself and get into their world and your whole goal is to make them feel better and make them smile and make them relax and enjoy it, it it becomes a very different situation. Um, And I think you did that naturally by Bond, James Bond. You actually helped her (laughs) let down the tension that was probably built up in her head just as much, if not more than yours. (laughs) 100%. That's a great point. Very cool. What about this? What are you most excited about for your future? You know, um, at this stage in my life, I'm 56 years old. I've, um, I've done a lot. I've been very blessed to have experienced a lot, traveled a lot. And I think just like in the old times when the wise person got to sit around the fireplace at the end of the night and share their wisdom with other people, I'm excited about sharing my experiences, my failures, my, the tools and techniques I've used to overcome my own, you know, limiting beliefs and self-doubts. So I have several mastermind groups that I'm part of and I help people march to their whole life millionaire status. I've helped 40 people become millionaires in the last three years through an online group and through doing events. And what we found, Jarek, was that the missing ingredient for most people to succeed is accountability and a consistent peer group. Mm -hmm. I'm a coach and I coach people. But after a while, the law of familiarity, you know, bleeds into that relationship in most cases, unless both people are committed to massively high standards. So I've created an environment where people hold each other accountable and help each other in uh, uh, an ecosystem where we talk about support, encourage, and challenge. And I've, I've realized in life that those are the ingredients to action. And I'll give you an example, a tree, if not supported by the soil, cannot grow its roots. So it has to be the right blend. In the desert, there's not too many trees because it's too dry. And in marshy areas, the trees fall down because it's too wet. So it has to be the right blend. The tree grows up through the encouragement of the sun. Come to me. I give you heat and I give you light. Come to me. And it grows. And then the wind gently moves the tree around, giving it oxygen And every once in a while, tests it, challenges it with a strong breeze or a storm and says, hey, dig in your roots and become strong because you're going to need to put up with things that are going to come, a storm, a change in season. So I've realized that if you provide that culture and environment for individuals, they flourish. Any one ingredient that is in too much, if all you do is storm and challenge and get in people's face and tell them you got to do more. You've got to step up. Not everybody can make it through Navy SEAL training. Most people will not make it. If you support too much, 
if you do the homework for your child, if you drop them off at the front door and pick them up and run there with an umbrella when it's raining and, and you solve the problems for them at school and do their, their homework, et cetera, then there's rich, the soil's too rich and they, they go out into the real world and they get slapped around like a little bitch. So for me, I've created an environment in a world where I'm giving what I didn't get because I had massive challenge growing up. Fortunately, I was able to come through it. And I'm excited about creating that culture, empowering people, and then having them become better versions of themselves and the ripple effect on their family and their friends and their environment and allowing people to be authentically themselves. So that's what I'm most excited about. Mm, I love that. I love that. Very cool. Now we're going to switch gears to the second part of the show. We call this nuts and bolts. It's the tactical, tangible, practical, applicable type of tips and advice from you to everyone who's listening. And the first question is, what do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life on each day as of right now? <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, I stopped golf for five years. I've taken it back up. So ironically, I would say that takes up a bit of my bandwidth. When I do something, I, I break it down and chip away at it. So I'll go into the gym and I'll just work with a mirror and work on my swing in the mirror. Then I'll go to the course and I'll work on one thing, like finishing on the left side, not to get technical, but things like that. Uh, so that takes up some bandwidth. I'm uh, moving into a house in Phoenix, Arizona. I have been living in hotels for seven months, traveling around the world, doing a bunch of different things, and I'm, I'm hungering for a base. So that occupies it. I'm in a fabulous relationship, and um, I get the joy of focusing on her, which is a beautiful thing. And then I'd say the rest of it is, is family. I have three children and a mom, and I get to focus on that as well, which is something that I'm purposeful and intentional with. And then the last thing is, is what I talked about before, is helping people be the best version of themselves. And I spend a good amount of time doing that, which really enriches my spirit, passing my wisdom on to other people. Mm, very cool. In all of this, what would you say is a major key to your success? Um, what I call the three M's, find um, a mentor, model them until you hit mastery. And it is the true best definite way to learn. I'm passionately curious, so I'm an excellent student, and I say that purposely because I believe the words that follow I am follow you. So I design myself in those terms, so I'm gifted, guided, grateful, powerful, passionate, playful, sexy, sensual, sensitive, and blessed. And I'm also an excellent student, I'm passionately curious, and I love to learn. So those are the things that, that give me um, the ability at 56 to compete in push-up contests with people in their 20s because I believe I'm young. I'm young at heart. I'm young at mind because I love to learn. I love it. I love it. Now our final question. What is one actionable tip that can help others achieve and experience the kind of success that you've had in your life in theirs? Hmm. Um. I would have to go with, you You know, it's cliche, we are our habits, right? But what people don't do, I think, to the degree that they can, Jarek, is to create rituals and routines that serve to build a habit. So, for instance, take your phone and put it 20 feet away from your bed with your alarm clock if you have trouble getting up early and force yourself to get out of bed to turn it off. That is an actionable item. 
I think what people do is they go, okay, in order for me to be successful, I have to open a business, I have to do something new, I have to run a marathon, I have to lose 30 pounds, and they overwhelm themselves with climbing the mountain or eating the elephant all in one bite. Well, you know, they gotta do the whole thing. I say, be proud of getting up one minute earlier. Be proud of journaling late at night and putting down three things you're grateful for. And as you chip away at those things, you'll take it out a month or three months, and before you know it, you'll be getting up an hour earlier. You'll be getting up without your alarm clock. You'll be writing down things you're grateful for and looking for them throughout the day. So the actionable item for me is do something small and then stack and pack it until it becomes an expanded version of yourself. I love it. Rituals, routines, and consistent incremental progress working in your favor. Yeah, well said. I love it. I love it. Well, sir, thank you so much for joining us and sharing with us life, love, adventure, stories. If people want to know more about the projects you're working on and all that you're up to, where can they go to find you and them? They can go to rockthomas.com and get a free copy of my book, The Power of Your Identity. They can go to gom1.com, G-O-M-1.com, and learn about my mastermind group. They can go to any social media platform and put in Rock Thomas and, and follow me. I do some lives and have some free information. And I'd be happy to contribute to their journey to, um, to becoming the expanded version of themselves in any way that I can. Very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. For everyone tuning in, if you know someone who needs to hear this, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, uh, we believe that sharing is caring. We like caring people around here, so make sure to share. And uh, we very much look forward to seeing you all next episode. 